This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This is your Tech Report. Welcome back to your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Please follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash your Tech Report. Of course, everywhere else. Instagram, SoundCloud. You know what? Just type in your Tech Report. I guarantee we're We're somewhere on that list. Hopefully somewhere towards the top. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Obviously, this week was a pretty big week in terms of Apple news once more. Mitchell, I was on yeah. I yeah. was on AMI early this week and they said, is Apple done? You know, are they done taking the spotlight away from everybody else and you think they're <laughs> over? I suspect they are. I think that now uh, we're, we're pretty, pretty much locked in for the holiday season in terms yeah, of... Yeah, for this year I think they're done. Yeah, no, that's fair. Production. I mean, iPhone at 10R last week and new MacBook Airs, and so, so you know, initial thoughts, I think everybody knows who's listening, what was announced, but what yeah. was your takeaway from this this event, other than, obviously, the cool new products? Uh, my takeaway was that we're not really getting anything from these keynotes that we're not expecting. The leaks have really taken away so much of the joy and excitement and the spontaneity of what we, you know, what we see on the day of. Um, that was one takeaway. The other takeaway was, yeah, you, you know, I, I want to go, let's, let's, let's briefly, just briefly mention, of course, we got an updated, you know, MacBook, MacBook Air. Okay, we got the MacBook Air that kind of really looks like a beefed up MacBook with that same very thin uh, screen edge to edge design. We have the Touch ID, recycled aluminum, uh, recycled okay. aluminum, um, you know the MacBook Air looks nice, although now the starting price point is about eleven ninety nine. Doesn't have eleven inch model anymore because they still have the MacBook as the entry for. Here's the interesting part: the twelve inch MacBook Mark, which is allegedly their smallest and entry level computer, starts off more expensive than the thirteen point three inch MacBook Air that looks like a look like you know looks like its big brother. So a little confusion there, don't you think? Well, yeah. So the, the MacBook, MacBook Air which, from from twelve ninety nine. Right, and, and, the, your, and the one that's larger starts at eleven ninety nine. It's really weird. Uh, it still starts at. Uh, sorry, you're right. Eleven ninety nine for the new one. <laughs> it's just an they're odd still thing, sell, right? Because they're still selling the original MacBook Air or that original design is still being sold, um, a thirteen inch model only for nine ninety nine. So, but, but it begs the question: what what is going to be their entry lineup? Because they have the MacBook starting at twelve ninety nine, which is a twelve inch computer. Then the next size up is the MacBook Air, which starts off a hundred dollars less. I mean, from a consumer, I'm, I'm putting on my consumer glasses right now. Okay, they in my consumer hat. Sorry, and it's confusing. Is, are you starting? Is the entry level going to be just the MacBook line or the MacBook Air line? It's a little confusion there as well. I think that's a little confusing to the consumer. I suspect that without any notice, we will soon see that original thirteen inch MacBook Air disappear. Right. I think once stock runs out, I think we're going to be done with this machine, and it's going to be the MacBook. But we still have two naming ethics. We still have the MacBook in play and the new MacBook Air. Well, we have MacBook, MacBook Air, and MacBook Pro. So, yeah, it, it gets confusing as heck. It gets a little confusing. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so we had the MacBook Air that was the first thing. And then, of course, the update was something we were talking about for a long time, the new Mac Mini. And we thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be called the Mac Mini Pro, at least the high-end one. It, it was not. Starts off now, Mark, at, yes, it's a more robust machine. Absolutely. You can spec it out to, you know, almost like, what, like a five, six thousand 
$1,000 machine if you wanted to with two, you know, two gigabytes of internal flash storage. I don't know why you would do that when internal is a fraction of the price. You can beef it up to 64 gigs of RAM. Again, uh, overkill for a lot of people, but it, now the base price, something you touched on, used to be the most accessible Mac starting at about $4,499. Now the most accessible Mac starts at $799. Disappointing? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I thought that this, you know, I, I, I figured that if this was going to be a pro machine, so right. if they were going to take this MacBook, MacBook, Mac Mini, sorry, and turn it into a pro machine, then yeah, pricing would be higher. But right. given that they're not doing that to start off at seven ninety nine, really kind of disappoints me because this is a bare bones machine. You still need the monitor, you still need the keyboard, you still need the mouse. You're really getting nothing with it. So for seven ninety nine. Right. And you look at the PC market, like it's it's hard to spend that money. It's hard to justify that. When there are towers, even gaming towers, which really are just really high-end computers, starting for less than that. And the interesting, my, my takeaway again from that Mac Mini announcement was, okay, if this is going to be a pro-esque machine, and I say esque, of course, with little air quotes there, <clears throat> wouldn't you like to have some sort of GPU, some sort of onboard graphics other than Intel graphics built into the Intel processor? Again, again, where they have quad-core and six-core machines. Very happy with the with the you know with the brain they put in this thing. Great Intel processors, eighth gen. But I would like to see some sort of you know dedicated graphics going on, kind of like you know MacBook Pros have them. If we want to have this use this as a pro machine, why not do that? Unless they're going to force everyone to use the eGPU, of course, that great you know by Black Magic. Plug it into the four one of the four USB C slash Thunderbolt four ports. But again, I was expecting something more from something that was being kind of sold to us in at least in rumors. As a pro machine, no dedicated graphics. Yeah. So I guess if you want that, if you want to use it as a pro device, you are definitely hooking up that Blackmagic eGPU. So once you do that, are you better off just getting a MacBook Pro and using that with the base graphics and plugging in the eGPU when you want to get that render quality? I think probably, yeah. Plus you get the portability uh, I, of it. I would uh, I think it depends on how you're going to use it because you know if you look at the pricing the Mac mini if you let's say you just get the you know the i i7 6 core processor with 32 gigs of ram we're still talking I think under $3000 or around 3100 20, 20, so here so 2599 okay, yeah. um, the max 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 spec you can get, you can get 64 gigs you can get 2 terabytes of storage um, you can get you know 10 gigabit ethernet and and without adding software you're at 4199 which is, uh, you know, I guess for that kind of spec machine is okay price wise, but you still got to get the monitor. You still got to spend a thousand dollars on the monitor. Okay, but you know what? I want to I want to price it more logically, okay? Because I think okay. the average person. Let me let me look now because okay, I'm actually on the Apple website right now. I'm configuring. Uh, let's put a six core eighth gen i7. Let's put thirty two gigs of RAM because even for pro users, I don't know any pro user that really needs unless you're doing a high end CAD rendering stuff. For most pro users, even video audio, thirty two gigs of RAM is plenty. Yeah. And for storage. storage uh, yeah, for storage, you do not need more than a terabyte of storage. Okay, it's unnecessary because you get external storage, which is what these these yeah. devices are made to use for much, much less money. So with that 8th Gen i7, 32 gigs of RAM, one terabyte of storage, you are clocking in at $2499, okay? To do a similar thing on the MacBook Pro, you are looking at at least $1,000 more. So for that $1,000, if you don't need to be portable, which a lot of people don't, if this is going to be a home-based machine, you know, throw another three or $400 for a monitor, another $100 
$1,000 for a mouse and keyboard, you know, you're still saving yourself about 600 bucks. So there is value to that. I still see the value. I just wish part of that value was dedicated graphics. So a little bit of disappointment here and there, but Mark, I'm going to throw this to you. One thing that was not disappointing and the star of the show was the new iPad Pro. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it, it, it really did steal the show. I mean, in terms of losing losing the bezel while maintaining a little bit of bezel so you can actually hang on to this device. Yes, you can hold it, yeah. Um, the kind of squared edges instead of that whole rounding now. This right. is going to feel so cool in the hands. Yeah. It's going to feel <laughs> so futuristic, quite honestly. Like, oh, yeah. this is a tablet that I think they, I think I read a quote somewhere, this is a tablet they've always wanted to design, um, right. but they weren't able to just because of space requirements. Um, this is going to be kind of cool. Now, Here's my question for you. Sure. So the 10.5-inch model, which has become the smaller model, I mean, there's still that 9.7 that kind of lingering out there. That 10.5-inch uh, is, is roughly the same size because the screen gets bigger. Uh, so it's 11 inches now. Uh, the 12.9 maintains the 12.9-inch screen but slims down overall, and it's the size of an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper. Piece of paper. Yeah, so exactly. if you were to choose between the two, you know, what did you go out and buy? What did you order? I, I personally, and again, this is, I'm, I'm glad you're asking what I did personally because this is really, it is a personal choice. I went with the 11-inch model for a couple of reasons. Okay. I am still rocking the first-gen iPad Pro from two years ago. The 9.7-inch. 9.7-inch display, correct. So basically, for a slight increase in the overall footprint of the device, and I, I mean a slight increase, I'm still getting 1.3 inch, inches more diagonal space, which is going to be a big difference. Coming from my 9.7, you know, we're talking almost an inch and a half more diagonally. It's going to be a huge upgrade for me in terms of power, in terms of display. Again, 120 hertz refresh rate, which I did not have on mine. I'm still going with the old school one, which is still a good machine. You, so you still haven't even used the Apple Pencil? Or does oh, I have the Apple it? Pencil on my okay, 9.7. Yeah, yeah, okay. mine, yeah. Uh, even the first iPad Pro supported that. So that was, and we're going to get to the Pencil in a second, which also was kind of a brilliant update. Um, so for me, it was a big jump. I even, even with the slim down factor, I think for a lot of people, unless you are using it as a device for work, I think because I like to one hand my devices, and that's a two handed device. The uh, don't don't go there. Uh, the twelve point nine inch screen is a two handed device. There's no way around it. it you'll, it'll, you'll get a lot of fatigue and carpal tunnel kicking in if you try and use it with one hand. So for me, I still like using it like that, and I went with the smaller one. What about you? So I've always been jealous of people with the twelve point nine inch because of, there's so much screen to it. Okay? We're still talking about the iPad. We're right? talking okay, about cool. the iPad still. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, so I've always been jealous of their screen size. Right. Um, however, I still found it extremely large, you know, something to carry around. When I saw how slim this one is and how much lighter it is and the fact that, uh, you know, if I if I look at my 10.5-inch iPad versus a piece of paper right now, you know, right. I'm showing it to you. Maybe we'll do a video on this. Yeah. It's, it's about an inch taller and about an inch wider. Yeah. Um, I went with the 12.9. I did you with, really? Yeah, yeah, I did because you um, rebel. Because, You're a monster. Well, because I find myself doing more and more on my iPad. You know, as they get more powerful and as apps become more and more available. For example, there's a version of Premiere called Premiere Rush that's meant okay. for the iPad um, with Photoshop coming out for it. I'm hoping there'll be a day where I can just get away with doing everything I want to do mobily on my iPad, and I well, think I'll well, benefit let me from jump that in a screen. Second. Let me jump in a second because I want to let people know in terms of how you know you know how you use it now, Mark. 
obviously, and along with, you know, doing this radio show, has a huge background in production, engineering, producing, remote broadcasts. And Mark is able to actually use his iPad in conjunction with this Mackie docking solution that he has. It basically turns his iPad into a mobile 64-track recording studio. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, my, It's right? my audio mixer. It replaces the, <clears throat> it any replaces buttons, mixer, and I right. can use it on my on my iPad, and that's something that I do all the time. And so that real estate comes in, that extra real estate does, yeah, come, does in handy, come in handy, and the size, you use it as a work machine as well as something for personal stuff. So it really pays off, it pays dividends on both sides, right? Yeah, and uh, that's why, so that's why I went with the 12.9 inch. Now, you know, okay. when you look at the pricing, <laughs> this is, yeah, you know what, I wanted to talk about that, go ahead, go for this it. This is where it gets kind of interesting because, you know, it starts at $7.99 for the 11 inch, and then it immediately jumps to uh, $9.99 for the, the 12.9 inch. So that's a pretty big premium, that's... You know, it's $200 premium, let alone when you start bumping up the storage, let alone when you start adding, you know, things like Apple Care, which have become more expensive. Then you add the pencil. Then you add the keyboard case, which has become, which is a brilliant keyboard case, quite honestly. I know, I know that you don't use keyboards much with your iPad, but I think of the 12.9 inch, I'm going to want that keyboard case. Right, um, right. Uh, but, I mean, this is, this is expensive. You know, in Canadian dollars, we're looking at almost $2,500, including tax. What did yours come crazy. Uh, I am I am not looking at AppleCare right now. If I add AppleCare and I'm looking at the Wi-Fi Plus cellular, uh, let me see. You got the cellular also? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't okay, get the cellular. Yeah. I don't need to because I can just use it off of my phone. Exactly. Um, let me see. 129 here. Add. We're looking at over $1,800 right now. We're looking at over $1,800. And we're talking about, but again, listen, that if you add a terabyte of storage for your iPad, and I don't know a lot of people that need a terabyte of storage on their iPad. It's making this device, it's taking it another, in another direction. You know, I understand that some people might want, listen, I think, I think here's what they did. They made the base model come in. They doubled except at the, at the very beginning. The base model for $799, which, by the way, is $150 US more than the previous generation. They didn't touch on that. It's now $150 more expensive. Yes, it's a bigger, you know, it's got a bigger screen, but we're still talking $150 more, okay? So we're starting at $799 for 64 gigs, okay? The next one is $256. Would it have killed Apple? And that, and that adds, what, another $150 to it, that yeah. extra, you know? Would it have killed Apple to make a starting point of $128, which I think most people would want? That's the thing. They know a lot of people don't want $64. They know a lot of people don't need $256, but that's the next jump. And they charge you $150 bucks for it. So, you know, I wish they had a $128 and then doubled it to $256, then doubled it to, you know, I think it would have been made a lot more sense for yeah, me. Yeah, I think least. there must be something that we don't know about in terms of just Yeah, they like making money. That's yeah. what we don't know about. But I think we do know that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no secret that give you something that's really on the low end to start off that makes you upgrade but then they upsize you more than you want to it's really it's really kind of evil and genius the evil geniuses what can i say uh you know let's take a quick break there's still more to talk about the apple pencil sure. the lack of the home button uh lots of stuff going on it is your tech report he is mitchell whitfield i am marco flallow if you're not following along with us please do so on youtube it's youtube.com slash your tech report and of course uh everywhere else at your tech report we'll be back in just a moment there's more your tech report after this is your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Marco Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, and of course our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash your tech report. Mitchell, I'm excited to get my hands on this new iPad. Um, release date is November 7th, so that's next Wednesday. You'll when is com- yours supposed to arrive, by the well, way? Well, mine will arrive, arrive on November 7th, but I'm not going to be okay. here. I'm going to be. Oh, um, I'm going to be. I'll have mine, though. Yeah, you'll I'll, have yours. I'll, I'll so. You'll have to get us some some photographs on that Instagram feed and uh, 
Yes, I will do that. What you think about this uh, this thing? Um, of can course. We go back? Quick, quick, quick. Okay, let's talk about a couple of things with the iPad. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so overall design means that we lose a couple things. So we mm-hmm. lose the headphone jack, which I think at this point no one really cares about anymore. I think. I see now. I, I don't. I don't get mad at me. I have to disagree here. I personally don't care. But if they are ta- if they are calling this a pro machine, a pro, an iPad Pro. A lot of people, a lot of DJs, a lot of editors, or a lot of people in the music uh, that still want that headphone jack for headphones. Uh, you know, if, even a, if a DJ is using this, if a, a music editor, a video editor, people still want headphones. So okay, for this you one, can, you can I think get the dongle. Upset. Yeah, you can I get guess. the dongle. You can probably plug this iPad into a into like a USB C hub. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm done. You know, because they do My they do demonstrate over. that you can plug it into a camera directly. You can plug it into an external monitor. So, you know, to, before you were able to use the USB kit to plug in microphones and things like that. So, And I don't care. Listen, I don't care about the 3.5 jack. I, ne- I was never one of those people that held on to it. My iPhone doesn't have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. I use AirPods. I use the Bose QuietComfort. I don't care. But I think some people will be upset that they have to start investing in the dongle life for an iPad that normally would. And, and for a a lot of people has the space seemingly, but now you have an edge to edge display. There's really not enough room on the edge for you to plug in that port. So I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and not only that, Mitchell, but they've switched from lightning to USB-C. I know. Which I know there was rumors and speculation about this. Yeah. Surprised? But the fact that they actually did that, especially since they're heavily invested in, in their lightning connector, um, obviously that's going to go the way of the dodo because, uh, because we're going to see that disappear. And you know, you know why this had to happen. Of course, I mean, this is this machine, and we're going to get into the power and the specs of this thing in terms of like benchmarks, which will really blow your mind. This machine is incredibly powerful, so powerful that it can drive a 4K monitor. I think a 5K monitor, 5K monitor with yeah. an external display, but. As some people know, some people or listeners may not know this, the lightning connector, which has served Apple so well in so many devices for so long, does not have the ability to support the kind of bandwidth necessary to send uh, information over a wire to, you know, to power a 5K display. So they had to switch to, a, you know, a technology, USB-C, that does have the bandwidth to allow that kind of inf- information to pass through. And I think that was the impetus. Not only that, with USB-C connector, Mark, you can now have, use the USB-C to lightning connector to charge your iPhone using your iPad Pro, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this is pretty insane. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very curious to see what else we will be able to do with that port, whether they allow us or they don't allow us or things that it'll just work because there's so many devices now that are USB-C that I think that the dongle life's kind of behind us because I think we've just gotten used to it, um, which is which is really cool. Um, home button, gone. Yeah, I, I think mean, a lot of people are kind of used, used to that, to that now, right? I think we're okay with yeah. that, no? Yeah. Although I'm I think okay your son it. might argue. Yeah, well, you know, Ryan won't use it anymore because he's he's still stuck on that home button. But uh, yeah, I, I you know, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't go true edge to edge because, as you mentioned, holding the iPad, you know, you kind of need room for your head. It's not meant to be held in the palm of your hand. You need to actually grip it. So, of course, having some edge is important for that. But I think also for the new gestures that you're going to need to do because there's no home button, the swiping gestures, they need a little bit room on the of room on the bottom as well to sort of get your <laughs> get your swipe on to get your gestures moving, or else there's not going to be any room for it. So. So thank goodness there still is a little bit of a bezel to allow for those kind of gestures, which is cool. 
Apple Pencil. They're not calling this anything like Apple Pencil 2, but one of the cool things about this new Apple Pencil is that it has a flat edge on one side. Like a pencil, yeah. Exactly, like an actual pencil. Um, It magnetically connects to the iPad on multiple sides, and you're not going to lose this. It actually is quite strong. They said something like 120 magnets in this device, um, in in the iPad itself. Um, but actual gesture control. So there's actually like a touchpad area on the pencil itself to do things like change tools, which is really neat. And it seems a little bit shorter. Uh, it, it seems that way exactly. And, you know, to me, the big win is like switching just even if you don't, if you're switching between erase and mark. Uh, that is the, that is the pearl. Cause I'm always going, you know, to try and erase things on my iPad when I'm using the pencil. But Mark, you didn't mention the most important thing about this uh, magnetic attachment. It Charging? now wirelessly charges. Yes. How cool is that? To me, that was the coolest part because listen, as neat as it was to pull off the back of your Apple pencil and see that little lightning dongle sticking out and then having to plug it into the back of your iPad. And I always wondered that if someone was going to come by, accidentally knock into it and snap off that little, that little nub on the back. Well, no more. W- inductive wireless charging on the pencil. Kind of brilliant, isn't it? I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. And no, I didn't I did, see that I did coming. I not so, see that coming. A little bit of surprise is, there. I like that. You know, I don't know how often you use your Apple Pencil, but um, I hate charging that thing. It's such a pain I, in my butt. It's always, it's always out of charge. It's always, always out of charge and it always disconnects from the device, but now it's going to connect much smarter. And, uh, and then finally, that keyboard case. Now, you're not a big fan of the keyboard case because you don't use the keyboard and the iPad. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the case. You're you're a fan of the front and back protection, which now has returned. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, as for a little context for that keyboard case, I stayed away from the previous gen. Last gen, I skipped of the of the new iPad Pro from last year because they didn't make, you know, you could have the smart cover, the magnetic, you know, that covers the actual screen, but they did away with the case that covers the back. They did, a, they did a two-piece one that covered the back, then you could put that smart cover to make it a two-piece, or they did a one-piece version for the older one. Well, for last year's, they totally eliminated that and forced you to get either just the, just the magnetic smart cover or the folio case with a keyboard. Now, Mark, for a lot of people, 180 US dollars, you don't want to have to spend that to get an Apple-made protection protective case for the entire unit. Well, like you said, they brought the folio case back. I think it's 79 US dollars, and that'll protect the front and the back. It clips in there, slips in there, and protects both sides. I'm so happy. I know you like the keyboard. I didn't want to be forced to buy a keyboard that I didn't use just to have protection for both sides. So maybe Apple heard my yelling, my screaming, my pleading, my crying. I'm glad the folio case cases back. So I'm pretty sure I'm on I'm on the US store here and it says ninety nine dollars for the folio case. Oh but that's for the twelve point nine inch. So it's gonna be seventy nine. Yeah, for mine yeah, is seventy nine, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm the sorry, cool thing is because specify. the iPad, yeah. the new iPad is completely flat in the back now. It actually mm-hmm. has a really interesting design. It looks like a like a sandwiched aluminum kind of uh yes. kind of thing which it looks is really, kind of really sexy cool. in there, doesn't it? Yeah. Um so Back to the Mac Mini for a second. Yes. Go Can for we it. Talk about the ports on this machine. And I don't want to get yeah. too technical, but I, I, you know, you notice something, which is the lack of an SD card slot. I and love that SD card slot. I used that. My old one used to have one. Yeah. I forgot that I used to use that a lot, and it was great because you just kind of pop it in there. That's gone. Um, there used to be a headphone and a line out. I think it was. That's Correct. Only a headphone now. There's only okay. two USB three kind of Type A connectors, which I there find used to be is, four of those. There used to be four of those side by side, but we did not have. Thunderbolt 3, so now there's four Thunderbolt 3 jacks. And let's not forget that you can daisy chain on Thunderbolt 3. So imagine what you can do. You can plug in, 
you know, how many monitors can you plug into this? A lot. I'm sure a lot, it can drive yeah. a lot And you of can monitors. make your own little server farm like they did in that in the demo thing. They showed like people that had server farms of the Mac minis. It's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, 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 it's robust in terms of ports, which we're not used to seeing. We're used to having stuff taken away as opposed to either adding or remaining the same. So I'm happy about that. But again, if you are investing in a Mac, you know, Mac mini, as with any other Mac product, Apple's basically telling you, you are going to want to have a dongle or a dock. You are, Any Mac product that you have or want is probably going to have to have some sort of dongle or dock, whether it's a desktop, laptop, mini that requires extra ports or your iPad or iPhone that requires something for headphones. So this is, this is what Apple's expecting. I think Apple has to decide whether they're a computer technology company or they're an accessories company. Because I think they make just as much money on accessories now as they do on anything else. And they're kind of, kind of forcing our hand with that, don't you think? Yeah, no, I know. I think you... I, I... I think you're right, but it also does open up an interesting market for other companies like the Belkins yes. of the world. And, yep. And uh, so, so, I mean, are you in agreement with me? I think we're done for the year. I think this is now, this is our holiday lineup in terms of Apple products and the in the 10s and the 10R uh, in terms of the iPhone. Um, iPod, I, I, like I don't even see the iPod. I mean, it's it's there. Yeah, uh, and that's one of those of, products that really has to have a reason to live now because so many people can use their iPhones. It, it, it is, as, as Steve Jobs said in the original keynote, it's not the best iPod they've ever made. So, you know, people having a dedicated iPod, that's kind of going the way of the Dodo also. You know, I, I had bought an iPod for my son because I didn't obviously want to get a phone for a kid, you know, didn't want to put a SIM right. card in. But I even find right. now, like, I've, I've switched him to an iPhone because he uses my old Apple Watch and... And things just weren't compatible when it comes to the iPod. I'm honestly, I'd be surprised if they're still f- physically in production with the iPod anymore. I mean, well, the the thing that I found about the iPod Touch is beautiful as uh, as as beautiful a device as it was, um, and maybe still is. We have to take a look if it even exists. No, it's, um, it's I found still here. It, I, I find it so thin. You know, sometimes products can get too thin. You know, you can never be too thin or too beautiful, whatever that old thing was. That's, you know, it's, you, you things can be too thin, especially if it's a device meant to be held with some sort of, uh, you know, confidence in your hand that it's not going to slip out. I found the iPod, you know, touch to be very thin and felt awkward because it felt, I felt like it was going to fall and drop. It felt too dainty to me. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. it's still available. 199 for the 32 gig oh, and 299 for the 128 gig. Again, I'd be surprised to see how much of this is actually shipping these days because hmm. I, I just think that everybody's onto a phone or hand-me-down phones. I mean, they have more more functionality, quite honestly, at the end of the day. Plus, this yeah. is, you can't even upgrade this version past, I think it's iOS 10. <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, hey, no, I, you can't even I, upgrade it. It has an A8 processor, 8-megapixel camera. I mean, yeah, not much you can do with it. Since we're talking specs, real quick, I just want to jump over back to the iPad Pro. I know we're jumping around a lot for our listeners here, but if we're looking at the iPad Pro, they actually made some some comparisons, which, and this might feed into your question, do you think we're done seeing uh, releases for this year? And I think we are, but if there's one thing, I'll tell you what that is that we may see. They compared it to an Xbox One X in terms of its graphical uh, graphics and processor power because uh, they did they did a 2K sports demo with NBA 2K19 yes. and that the the sweat the the lighting on the uh, on the player models w- it really was mind blowing how far they've come they say they finally can do not just regular console graphics but Xbox One X style of console graphics super powerful on this device so now the iPad Pro Mark you were looking at the benchmarks and you were comparing it to macbook pros how does it stack up to the macbook pro um it is comparable if not almost better than the macbook pro if you give I mean, me 10 doesn't seconds that blow and, your mind um yeah so they're saying the new ipad pro is comparable performance to the 2018 
15-inch MacBook Pro and Benchmark. So we're not talking so, about an old one. We're talking about the current generation. Yeah, the current, the current generation. Pro. So if you look at, so the iPad Pro has that A12X chip. Single right. core score is 50, so 5,025. This is Geekbench that you're using, yeah. correct? Which is a uh, great mobile testing platform. Okay, Multi-core, 18,000. Um, if you look at the computer, the MacBook Pro, so the i7, two point, let's say six, middle of the road, okay? Okay. 5,053 in the single core, so it's about 25 not even it's 25. It's barely above the iPad 20, Pro. 27. 27 okay. above. And the okay. multi-core is about a 1,800 almost, so 21. That's, that's crazy power. Yeah. But we're still limited by software in our ability to do high-end right. pro stuff, which is still a barrier, I think, for that iPad being a computer solution for somebody who's really on the road. If you if you if all you do is you're surfing and you're working on documents and stuff like that, then fine. But if you're a creative professional, you still need that power of a computer simply for the operating system, not for any other reason. No, I get it. Now, but there's a whole other sector, you know, that I just touched on that with NBA 2K19, which is there are gamers now that want to be able to be mobile. We saw how Fortnite exploded to the point where I think the company is making a million dollars a day on microtransactions. Craziness, I know, it blows my mind. Um, But gaming on mobile devices, whether it's your phone or tablet now, is viable. So I would like to see, the only thing that I don't like about gaming on a tablet, and the same thing with my phone, is I don't like virtual joysticks. I don't like virtual controls because my thumbs end up, especially on beautiful edge-to-edge devices now, I want to see all screen. And if you're big old mitts are using your thumbs with virtual joysticks, it sort of cuts into the experience because you're use, you're taking away from the actual playing field because you have to have room for those virtual joysticks. Well, I know there's going to be a company that's going to have a really good controller for the iPad Pro. Is Microsoft maybe going to come out with something? Is another company going to come out with something? doesn't have to be something that even clips on, but something that can be used can interface really well to mirror the kind of controllers that we're used to. I know there are companies that we've, that we've reviewed before that do make good Bluetooth controllers, but I'm wondering if they're going to come out with something a little bit ro- more robust for games gamers to actually have a real gaming experience on their iPad Pro. I think that's going to be the next thing that we're going to see. The other, the other thing I just thought of in my head because of that USB-C port, I yeah. wonder if devices like that Blackmagic eGPU will work on an iPad. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but interesting that interesting that the iP- that the new iPad Pro has dedicated graphics while the new Mac Mini does not. I can't get off of that. I oh, will God. not get off of that. I know. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. It is your tech report. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, he is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flallow. Again, follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. YouTube.com slash your tech report. Check it out. Anything we talk about here, we tend to review on that channel as well. Mitchell, thank you for being here for yet another week. Well, thank you for having me for another week, and thank you for being with me. It is my pleasure. And on behalf <laughs> of you, Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Flallow. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you again. Uh, same place. How about that? Same place, same time. Next week. It is your tech. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Hi, I'm Connie.
Connie Thiessen, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.